Hello and welcome to the long-awaited uh, preview show, finally, for the Rings of Power TV show coming out on September 2nd uh, on Amazon. This is obviously, I think, a show uh, that me and Quentin, who's joining me, have been looking forward to for a very long time. Um, it's been like, what, like five years since they initially bought years the Years and years. It's been... Yes, something like that. Because I remember when they announced... I think they announced 2022, like, well, they didn't announce. It was kind of speculated that it would be 2022, mm-hmm. something like four years ago. And then they officially announced it a year ago. Yeah, initially, I remember back when it was like, people still had no idea what the story would be about. They thought they were like, are they going to do like an Aragorn show or whatever? But apparently that was are. pitched to them, the Aragorn uh, show. And they turned it down. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see going forward if this one is a success, what else they do, because I'm sure they have plenty of other pitches that they could go if this one is a success. But um, just before we start talking about the show, where are you at in terms of your anticipation for the show? I'm ready to go. I'm not like, uh, well, I would say I am like cautiously optimistic. But also, like, I definitely could see a world where it doesn't live up to what Tolkien fans might want. Well, I mean, it's already completely divided the fandom and in a very annoying way. Uh, Oh, it always was going to, though. Yeah, I mean, that was inevitable. It's just, it's one of those weird things with, like, modern fandom where, like, anti-fandom and fandom both generate the same energy. And in some ways, anti-fandom generates more energy. But I don't know if you've spent much time on Reddit, but there's like two subreddits, basically. There's a pro subreddit and an anti-fan subreddit. And they're like, there's, I think it's LOTR on Prime is the pro show, like generally optimistic. It's not like nobody's critical. But then there's like Rings of Power, which is just people like talking about how shitty the show is going to be. It's very weird. Yeah, I think because there's been so much, because it's been coming for such a long time, people have like been stewing on it. I've been very surprised as well, just by like, I don't know, the, there's definitely like a, an element of the fan base that like, it's like Tolkien's world fulfills their fantasies, you know, like, they're like, they want all white people and they're little history they want like you know things to be a certain way well there's definitely there's there's i could go i don't want to like start this way but there's definitely a and it really annoys me there's like a a worship of peter jackson um Uh, yeah that's like oh this is like the peter jackson movies and it's i think it's just it's like like we did we this people who grew up with the peter jackson movies and hold those movies as like the best movies ever and can't see that yeah those movies changed a lot of tolkien stuff too and weren't we see them as iconic now but like if you were a hardcore tolkien fan back then you would have probably been like oh well they changed this they changed faramir they changed aragorn i don't and but people see those as like gospel even though they actually have quite a few changes in themselves it's interesting yeah. And I think a lot of the negativity comes from people that are not even like serious book nerds 
they're just Lord of the Rings fans. Yeah, and it's and it's a little annoying because then they try to find like a Tolkien quote to back up whatever their opinion is. Right. Um. I mean, I, I, yeah. Anyone with a balanced viewpoint knows that any adaption is going to take tremendous liberties. I mean, Peter Jackson certainly did. Yeah. To me, it's and, more about is the tone right? Is the like as long as they're not significantly changing the story? It's more about like their respect for the source material in terms of how they tell a story, their tone and everything. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think, yeah, especially when it, especially like when it comes to you're making a show out of a, not even a book, you're making a show out of appendices. So all you have is a rough sketch outline. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to create some characters to fill in the story. Yeah. Um, I've been I've been like up and down with the show. I was I, I was obviously initially really excited and then a little concerned and then back to excited and then some of the Amazon has really put on like the media blitz. I don't know if you've been paying attention uh like on Twitter lately, but they're putting out like tons of clips and then some of those made me a little concerned um just from like uh making it almost like marvelly. It seemed like quippy, quippy, and I personally am I'm sick of quippy, uh, but I'm really I'm really over quip and snark in general in my movies and TV shows, but um, I think I'm generally pretty positive on it. It seems like they have the right. They're the, from what I've heard from the creators of the show, they seem like they're good people to be making the show, and that they have the right mindset when it comes to adapting it. Um, yeah. As a like, yeah. yeah, I was I was initially really excited, and then when I saw the, this is slightly unrelated, but when I watched the Wheel of Time, that made me concerned because I thought that was a pretty horrible adaption, um, and I'm not even yeah. a huge fan of those books. But then, yeah, the stuff I've seen for the most part has made me excited, except for the, there was a, uh, there was a video they put out about Galadriel, like with just some clips from her from the show. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was very like weirdly quippy. It seemed it seemed like it could have just been editing. Uh, they were trying to edit it for like a Twitter trailer or something, but it was didn't look very yeah. good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say ever since the, I don't think my opinion has really changed much since the initial Vanity Fair. There was there was a Vanity Fair piece that came out. Mm-hmm. I think before the trailer even. Yeah, that was before there was the a, Super Bowl trailer. Right. And then there was a follow-up to that with additional stuff that they hadn't been able to put in the first one. And the follow-up had more stuff from the uh, the creators. And I think you get a good sense from that that they really respect Tolkien's work. And it's not just like... I, I mean, to me, if you compare it to like Game of Thrones, almost anything you read that... Benioff and Weiss said gave you a sense that like yes they might have respected George R. R. Martin's work but they were more concerned with the story they were telling yeah and I think I think this was different so we'll see uh, there's a you never know one thing to keep in mind in my opinion is that like everything we've seen so far has mostly been curated by marketing people or people who are in charge of promotional video and stuff like that so 
they're not necessarily yeah. concerned with giving you the most accurate depiction of like how the show is going to be. Yeah. So, and people have pointed it. out some like pretty atrocious marketing for like the fellowship of the ring. Like some of the like set photos look pretty bad. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's all coming through marketing people. So I feel like people get way too worked up about it and just yeah. need to wait until they can actually watch the show. Yeah. Um, so what are your thoughts on like the the time period they decided to adapt? Is it um it's the most sensible one to do next because this well, it's the only one they could because they can't get the rights to the Silmarillion. Even if they could get the rights to the Silmarillion, that is a huge swing and it that's a that's a really big gamble to try to adapt the Silmarillion and the first the events of the first stage. So this is, you know, an easier adaption, a more like coherent storyline with characters that flow throughout. And it's the the it's the one that makes sense in terms of like you can still tell a big grand sweeping story versus something like uh, you know, you could do like young Aragorn, but you don't get the stakes mm-hmm. and the like sweeping narrative that you do in this in the second age it's the one that makes sense to me i'm definitely not surprised they chose that yeah and it definitely because they i think as far as i understand they technically do have the tv rights to the lord of the rings but obviously remaking the lord of the rings would have been a disaster but if this is a success they can do jumping off of this they can do the Angmar Wars, they can do Young Aragorn if they decide they would want to, or they could just jump straight into like a longer form Lord of the Rings TV show. Yeah. If this was a success. Yeah. So this is really, yeah, this provides a launching point for everything else. Yeah. And I, th- what? I think too, if you look at the, if you look at the plotting, as far as I understand it, at least according to leaks, season one is definitely going to be like the lightest in terms of plot. So, if they can pull off season one, they'll have a lot of meaty content to get them through the rest of the show. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I haven't seen very many leaks. I've seen some things that Fellowship of Fans claim, but I don't know what to trust there. Um, but just from what the showrunners said, definitely sounds like season one is a lot of setup mm-hmm. and character introduction things like that yeah i think in terms of like what's laid out my this is just from my understanding in terms of like the content that's laid out in the appendices of like the big events my understanding is that most of those will not be touched on in season one and then season two is when we get to from what i've heard season two you'll get the forging of the rings of power and uh the the initial conflict with sauron's army um, however, they decide to do that. But my my the thought is in season one is yeah it's a lot of build up and then um, I have some thoughts about how I think season one like how they're gonna try to end season one. Um, I see. My my take on Fellowship of Fans actually I'm like fairly convinced he's like created by Amazon because he seems to have like leaks that are like. He has to be working for Amazon, I would almost Im- imagine. Yeah, but there's things he's claimed that aren't true. I hmm. I can't remember which leak recently. There was one... Oh, he claimed that uh, that the character 
in the trailer, the kind of like Sauron trailer, I don't know, the one where they talk about the, Sauron a lot. He claimed yeah, that the character yeah. who's like turning his head is Sauron. And then Amazon clarified that it's not. Or at least someone more official clarified that it's not. So that I was like, oh, hmm. I yeah, know. I I mean, maybe he's not, maybe he he's, doesn't, he definitely seems to get basically press releases from Amazon. Yeah. Because some things he puts out are almost like a press release. It's like, oh, here's the first map of Middle Earth or, whatever, or the map that they're going to be using or that type of thing. It's like, this seems like it's basically a press release. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I don't I really care. I don't, it doesn't, I don't really care, but. What do you yeah. so? What do you hope he's wrong about? I mean, it's not necessarily uh, the the content. It's more just the way he like behaves on Reddit. Whenever uh, somebody criticizes okay. him, he immediately replies and says like and like defends himself and says, "No, no, no, I'm right. I'm right. I'm hundred percent right." And he he's very arrogant, in my opinion. But uh, we'll see. Yeah. So what what are so let's let's talk about like in terms of just your overall outlook season one specific um what's what are like you most excited about and what are you most like concerned about going into the show i'm definitely just excited to see uh the world they built and to see like how it all looks on screen i mean you know it seems like they're doing everything right like extensive use of miniatures practical effects Mm -hmm. right like a lot of uh you know stages built and and at the same time they're also using like tons of vfx so i think they have like more vfx in season one than basically any show ever so i'm very interested to see how it all comes out i mean there's definitely ways it could it could go wrong but just like visually i think visually is the most i mean i'm excited for everything but like the visuals yeah, are definitely the most intriguing to me because it can go really well. It can go really badly. I'm a little concerned with some of the shots and the trailers and the pictures. Like everything looks a little clean and glossy, and like their color filtering seems a little, I don't know, unreal in some aspects. Yeah. So we'll see how it ends up looking on screen. That can all change. Definitely. Yeah, I think I think that is my that's definitely my big concern. I've seen some shots in the trailers that look really good. And then I've seen a couple shots that look too much like a set. Yeah. Like it's just every uh everything is very clean and very I think it's and I think this is something that other like a show like Game of Thrones did well, not shooting everything like super bright. Mm-hmm. Um, which I feel like is what some of these like other studios show. I feel like that probably comes from just HBO probably has a lot of very good people who know how to make stuff really well. But s- some of these other studios seem to shoot things all very like super bright lit. And then everything, especially in like a fantasy world looks way too clean. Whereas mm-hmm. if you like keep things a little darker, it just, it just helps. I feel like with the realism of it, yeah um like the the one shot that it really like stood out was the in the trailer galadriel on the ship 
Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, it's hard to shoot like. How do you shoot someone like sailing towards like Valinor? But it looked a little too glossy to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely agree. We'll see. I mean that that's a concern I, as far as story. Like, obviously, the way they handle everything in terms of like kind of being Tolkienian matters a lot. But I kind of have faith in them. I'm a little concerned about hobbits, where we might end up with that. I don't want too much time spent with the hobbits. But I have, I have a a slight prediction that I don't know if the hobbits will be around for the whole show. I feel like you're gonna die. I feel like that's a possibility. I feel like that's a possibility. Maybe. I don't know how you build a five season story arc for the Hobbits. Um and you could their death could certainly uh build into a rise of a certain somebody. Um a certain Sauron character. Um so yeah, I think that like definitely seeing what they how they've been able to create the places is like the biggest one and I think it seems like they've done a generally a pretty good job of casting. So it seems like you could have some really good performances and some key roles. Um, yeah. I'm pretty excited. My, my biggest concern is still the compressed timeline. I've kind of like, I'm okay with it. And I think they could work. But I think it does present some very real problems. And I'm, I'm curious to see how they handle them. Um, just with like, the history of everything like Sauron rising and falling in the lifetime of like one human is a little less grand than how it actually is laid out uh, with it being over the course of the entire second age. Um, so that is like one concern. And then also how do you depict the like decaying of Numenor in the span of one lifetime? Um, but it it can be done. It's just a it's a concern. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, for me, it's not a huge concern for me. I mean, I don't see an alternative for a show other than timeline compression for something like this. It's not like it's not like you could do time jumps that really like hold any continuity, other than elven characters. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I th- the only way I thought you could possibly have done it would be each show. You obviously have the elven characters are recurring. Um, and each season, you basically follow like the lifespan of one king of Numenor, ending with uh, Arpharazan, obviously. Um, but then you sort of like, in each season, you get those people dying and you get the elves staying and it like reinforces that there's a huge difference between the male character, the men characters and the, the elven characters. And then that then, cause I think the only thing that is concerning is obviously a huge part of the Numenor storyline is going to be their like desire for immortality. And I think that hits home more when you have like, when you see the elves being around for thousands of years and you, the men repeatedly dying, but 
it's not like it's impossible to do. It's just I'll be curious to see how they do it. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, the uh, part of the problem with Tolkien's like Legendarium is that you have these vast swaths of time where absolutely nothing happens. Like it's like Sauron waits like 90 years between like the forging of the rings and forging yeah. the one ring, you know, Oh, 90 years. Cool. Are we going to do a timeline jump there? Or are we going to compress that? Yeah. You know? And then you have the additional problem of in Tolkien's timeline, Numenor hardly interacts with the elves until, you know, very late in the story you're telling. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously you could fabricate, fabricate some kind of interaction, but it wouldn't have the same stakes as if it's tied into the story you're telling, Mm -hmm. you know, because whatever, if let's say you jump every season, whatever Numenor is doing in that timeline, whether it's interacting with the elves or not, really can't be too involved in the story of that season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it would definitely be, it would definitely have been very difficult. I think the one theme I'm really hoping is there, and I'm I'm guessing they will do it because it, it really, I feel like it makes sense given just contemporary, what, when they're making the show, but like Numenor's the the one thing I think is like key to the fall of Numenor is their rise as like a colonial power. So rather than like influencing the men of Middle Earth positively, they begin to just exploit the men of Middle Earth and colonizing Middle Earth. And how you do that in a sh- in like a single lifespan because you it seems like they want to portray the current queen Tarmiriel positively, and you can't really do that if. Numenor is like colon is a colonizing force in Middle Earth. Maybe you can, but that's more difficult. Whereas, I think that's really essential to like show them go from going from like being a being a positive influence on the men of Middle Earth to like a colonial force in Middle Earth, because then that's how they that's a big part of how they get corrupted. Um, so I'll be curious to see how they do that because I'm assuming that they would want to do something like that because it's obviously like a relevant storyline to where we're at culturally yeah yeah it'll be very interesting to see how they handle all that and i i think we haven't really gotten any kind of good indication for them as to how they're going to handle the internal politics of numenor they've it's, pretty it's it, gonna be difficult yeah it's because it, they're gonna have to there's gonna have to be a it seems like from what they're portraying they'll have to be a forcible marriage so that'll be that'll be tricky yeah and like how they handle i mean our farazan as a character will be very interesting and he's going to be one of the key characters of the show mm-hmm. i'm just very curious are they gonna is he gonna have an arc is he gonna start out as kind of a pseudo villain well have you so the leaks that i've seen and we'll just get into leaks so if you if people are listening and they don't want to hear anything about leaks you can stop listening now so the leaks i saw were very interesting in that Arfarazan starts out as a more good to neutral character at the beginning of the show. Um, and he mm-hmm. has a positive relationship with Tarmiriel, the queen, who obviously in, later he's going to like forcibly marry. So how they do that arc will be super interesting. 
if that's if that leak is correct that he's actually like a portrayed initially as a more good positive character yeah i think that's a sensible way to portray him given that you're not given that you are doing timeline compression and you don't have numenor going from like you know this kind of like i don't know good faction to kind of falling to evil you kind of have to have that with within Numenor happening in the character of our father's on to you kind of have to see his corruption happen yeah and how they do that how they do that yeah how they do that we very interesting because obviously it's not going to be directly he has to he has to pro- I would assume that they he has to become evil before Sauron is physically present in Numenor. Um I would assume that you would, you couldn't wait that long to like have him turn evil. I um, think you could have it you could have him becoming kind of proud and like it'll there's a lot of ways you can go with it because you you don't necessarily have to have the kind of Kingsmen faction turning like fully against the Valar and the Alps before Sauron gets there mm-hmm. in the, in the show. I don't think, even though that's a bit of a break from the lore. Yeah. I mean, it would be, the only thing is like, how do you have, I mean, unless they wait, unless they push out his like ascension to being King at, until like after Sauron comes, I don't know how you have him like forcibly marry his niece or sis, cousin niece niece i think it's niece it's his niece i think um and him like as like a relatively like neutral character unless it's like a political maybe maybe it's like a political thing i don't know um but it seems like from what i from what i've seen it seems like there's going to be like basically four main areas where the story will happen you'll have numenor at least for season one i'm sure it will change but you'll have numenor you'll have the hobbits or Harfoots, just call them hobbits. In the north, they're not north, hobbits. Northeast, they're not hobbits. They, and then you'll have the dwarves and Khazadum, which will be where Elrond is. It seems like, or I'm sure he'll move around. But then you then you have the southern lands, which is where a lot of these like more show created characters are. And I I'm curious, have you seen the latest the latest stuff about that storyline uh no i don't think so so fellowship of fans put out a map and the sub tier harad which is where the the uh the sylvan elf character with like the short hair is located mm-hmm. and where the some of the more men characters in middle earth outside of numenor are located on the map is located inside the mountains of Mordor, which is not Mordor I, at that point in time. Yeah, I've heard speculation that that would be Mordor. Um, and the, apparently, which I, and I think this is a very smart storyline. Apparently, the storyline is going to be that these men had fallen under Morgoth and rebelled, and because of that, they are now under surveillance of the Sylvan Elves. Um, or Sylvan or Sindarin, I'm not sure which one. But um, they're now being surveilled by the Elven characters because they are not to be trusted, basically. Because they rebelled and fought with Morgoth in the First Age. Um, 
which then obviously sets up if they're in Mordor the ob- it seems quite obvious that the trailer shots of Galadriel in red covered in ash is going to be the eruption of Mount Doom and like the destruction of the entire landscape of Mordor and i'm it guessing seems obvious i mean that definitely has to be what that is Wh- if- why it- because on the on their map, Mount Doom is not labeled Mount Doom. It's labeled the mountain name. So that's going to be erupting at some point. Oh, okay. And and uh, Baradur doesn't exist yet. Well, Baradur won't exist for some time. Baradur won't exist oh. until Sauron has kind of revealed himself. Yeah. So I feel pretty confident that. In season one, Mount Doom will explode, and that will be one of the like narrative climaxes of the season. I would expect that Mount Doom exploding. Well, I would just really expect that to coincide with the forging of the One Ring. Well, I mean, he has to forge it in Mount Doom, though. Well, so it has to have exploded. No, a volcano is a volcano. Whether you the lava's in there you just I mean, I tunnel guess. in but i would expect that i don't know i feel i feel fairly confident in making that prediction that it will explode this season fairly confident um, i expect because it fits it fits very well with and because it seems obviously there's going to be some sort of large battle um because we've seen a lot of shots of galadriel leading what looks like a numenorean horse army to battle and I would assume that that has to be in Middle Earth somewhere. Um, okay, I I have some problems with that though because the whole story of the Second Age, up until the forging of the One Ring, is about the subtlety of Sauron. And so the idea that he would like do something so obvious and draw so much attention to himself as evil before the one ring is forged seems to me very suspect but that's very out of care that's a major break from the story i mean he's established the spirit of the story in the in the in the timeline he's established baradur by the time he forges the one ring no he forges the he 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 creates baradur using the one ring hmm but I think he's established himself in Mordor, correct? I believe he's established himself. Whatever he's done, it's in secret. That Nobody realizes that Sauron... There's no indication in the writings of Tolkien that anyone really realizes that Sauron has survived the War of Wrath and the downfall of Morgoth. Now, clearly... Yeah they're breaking from that a little. And I don't necessarily have a problem with that because there's not really a contradiction. But I think you still have to stick with a storyline that keeps Sauron as maybe he's out there, maybe he's doing something, and not Sauron is in Mordor. I don't, I don't think that they will people. necessarily make it that clear. Because um, like the, the volcano could explode and people not know that it's Sauron. Like it's just a volcano erupted. Armies and of orcs. More more discerning people would figure out. 
But my more assumption is that it will be the volcano exploding will basically turn the landscape to a wasteland, clearing the way for Sauron to establish himself, whether that's in season two or when that would be exactly. But it, because I've been wondering about that red shot for a long time because it's like, okay, is that like current timeline or is that like a flashback? Uh, to like, cause I, I was like, oh, maybe that's, maybe that's going back to like first age timeline and that's them burning the ships, but she wasn't around for the burning of the ships. So that doesn't quite make sense. Um, Wait, what, what burning of what ships? So and see, the, like Fionor burning the ships, burning the Teleri ships after he sails to Middle Earth. Um, so the yeah, only I mean, thing that would... would make sense to me is that it is Mount Doom, unless it's just like a village being burnt, I guess. I mean, it could just be a battle where you have oh. something like a Balrog or a dragon creating that much dust or ash. Mm-hmm. That was... So I I think my personal theory is that it's going to be... There's going to be some sort of fight between the an orc army and Galadriel will be trying to like come save them with the horsemen. And that will be in the south southern area wherever that storyline yeah. is located. I mean, I think we can pretty we can read into the trailers that that's what's happening. Just from the shots of the woman, I can't remember her name now, think of the character, the woman in like Tear Her Ride kind of rallying people. And you have the shots of Numenor and plus Galadriel in the battle. It seems like definitely there's some group of orcs yeah. that attacks which brings in this like whole created character that they've made, uh, Adar, Dar. which is could either be really good, could either be good or it could be really bad. I'll be very curious to see how they do it. Um, but it makes sense they need a villain while they're keeping Sauron like more behind the scenes. But um, and is it right that does is Fellowship of Fans still claiming that Adar is supposed to be Galadriel's brother? I haven't seen that. That that, that was one terrible. of the early. That was one of the early leaks from Fellowship of Fans, and I found it like completely implausible because it, it just doesn't make sense. Like, yeah, that one, it's sense. definitely not canon, and I don't see any reason to do it outside of it being canon. You know, it's one thing to break with canon for some reason, but to not to contradict Tolkien on something for no real purpose seems just a bizarre choice. So I'd be very surprised if that was. Yeah, that the only reason you would do that is to have some sort of like twist reveal. That doesn't really make any yeah. sense. Yeah, and that would be yeah. I I would hate that. I don't think there's any way you could do that, right? I don't even really love the idea that he's like a elf, which I don't. Yeah. I know I don't. I don't think that's confirmed, but I don't really love that. But I guess that I saw a theory that he is. Now I can't remember the name. It's the one. Of Feanor's sons that survives. Oh, uh, and... Maedros, or I think, uh, I forget. I think it starts with an M, but yeah. I know who you're talking Maglor, about. Maglor, maybe. I'm not sure. I'm not sure which one survives, but Tolkien basically just writes him out and says he spends the rest of his time wandering around, mourning. Could be. Could see a little twist, twist there, but he does again. have black hair. Although I don't know if that son had black hair. Yeah. Um. I think it's better if he's just a fictional character. Yeah. 
yeah, I whether agree. it's an elf or a man. Yeah, I don't think it. I don't think they need to like tie him. If he's just like a corrupt servant of Morgoth who's leading orcs, I think the. I think in all likelihood he won't. Re- I think he will be manipulated by Sauron, but not realizing he's working for Sauron directly. Um, is my just my theory. Um, and then I mean, Sauron what, what will, do you Sauron think will kill him and take control of his army. What is his motivation? Do you think? I mean, I, I some sort of I don't know exactly why, but some sort of power grab of some sort. There's a lot of there's a lot of theories around the broken sword. None of them sound great on paper. I guess it depends on how they execute it. Um, but so far, those have all left me pretty unimpressed. About him going after the broken sword is for some reason I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like I do like I think it is they've definitely done a good job of creating mysteries going into the show. I mean, it seems like seems like Meteor Man was like very much created to be like a mystery box leading into the show, so people yeah have lots of things to theorize about. That's okay, another let's... one where I don't really like any of the theories. I hate some of them. Okay. Uh, what's what's your theory of Meteor Man? Because I think it's very interesting that like you're saying, they're putting Meteor Man out there like front and center as like yeah. oh look at this mystery man, you know. Who could And this I be? think Yeah, if he if it is Sauron, that's gonna be like incredibly lame. Because it's like so obvious, they're they're signaling so much that it is Sauron. That if it actually is Sauron, it's gonna have been way too obvious. Okay. Okay. My theory is that he's Sauron, but I have a an explainer. But go ahead. What's your okay? What do you think? Who do you think he is? So I don't really. The only thing I think that I the only thing I'm hoping he is. I don't necessarily think he's going to be this is that he is a uh, there's two things, two things I would think would be interesting. One, he's a blue wizard. I think that is fairly easy fit into the narrative. Um, You get to have your wizard character if they feel like that's important. The second theory, I've only heard this more recently is that he is a Balrog because a Balrog is a Meyer. So he could potentially, they could, we don't know that they couldn't necessarily change forms, but he does, he, he somehow has, he somehow is a Balrog. I don't know. That sounded kind of interesting. I really hate the theory that he is Gandalf and I really hate the theory that he's Sauron. Gandalf, because if they shoehorn Gandalf into the show, I think it's really silly and doesn't fit the timeline at all. And if it's Sauron, it was way too obvious. They should have done a better job of fighting him. Okay. So, when it first came around and people were theorizing that it would be Sauron, I hated it because, well, one, Sauron's already in Middle-earth. He doesn't need to, like, exactly. travel via Comet. He's he's already there. And two, like you're saying, it does seem kind of obvious. I mean, he's literally, or, like, well, rising like a fire in a flaming, like, eye shape. Almost. It could, it could seem obvious. Okay, but here's here's the deal. I think that they had a they had a real dilemma on their hands in that the spirit of the second age story is that Sauron 
is uh, kind of sneaky and you're like, you're not really supposed to, you know, from the elves point of view, you don't know mm -hmm. who he is. You don't know. So you have to tell the story. Well, the best way to tell the story is a way that makes it unclear who Sauron is mm -hmm. or whether Sauron's even around, like whether he's even a character in the show so far. So my thought is that they could have concocted this as what if, because you have this whole like wizards thing, right? You have the blue wizards, you have Gandalf who are kind of like, well, they came from the Valar. Well, they haven't Sauron. No, I'm, I'm saying like in the, in the lore, like mm -hmm. the, the Valar sent them. Right. And you have Sauron who claimed to be an emissary from the Valar. Right. What if their thought was, okay, we'll create this meteor man character and we'll try to make everybody think that it's a wizard. Right. Mm -hmm. But in actuality, it's Sauron. And he'll behave like he's a wizard. He'll behave like he's an emissary from the Valar. And everyone's going to think, oh, is this Gandalf? And, real and really, he didn't travel via the comet. He just like conjured up the comet, made it crash, and mm -hmm. is pretending to be like, oh, I came from the Valar. And the way that you get the show people or audience to believe he's not Sauron is to make him think he's a wizard. <clears throat> To me, that'd be a great way to pull the rug out from under people at the end of the season. I think that I think that could make sense. I wish they would have been a little more subtle if that was what they were doing. Because, like, even in like the promo image, I think he's holding an apple, which is just yeah, like yeah, that, that one. textbook like evil. Yeah, uh, I think that could be interesting, and I think the only thing that as you were saying that the only thing that makes me think that that is possible is that it's very unclear to me how the Harfoot storyline really has any fit with the rest of what's going on. Even if he's a blue wizard, like how does that really tie in that well with the rest of the yeah. things? Right. But if he is Sauron, obviously that ties in with everything. Yeah. Um, so that, that is possible. Yeah. Um, I mean, part of the reason I think that is because the, to me, there's not really any great narrative reason to introduce a wizard. I mean, Gandalf himself, unless you just want a side story of Gandalf mm -hmm. and the hobbits having a good time, like Gandalf can't really play any major well, Quentin, part in the effects. It's not Tolkien if you don't have hobbits. <sighs> yes, I know. Uh, I know. Never mind. But... <laughs> never mind a lot of his writing. Yeah. Uh, if you were going to go the route of Gandalf, it's Gandalf or it's a blue wizard. I don't think they would have made it such a, such a, like an important part of the kind of like everyone's looking up in the sky and seeing the comet, you know, clearly mm -hmm. it's like this sense of foreboding that you're introducing with the meteor. And if it's just a part of the story, that's never actually going to like have some major impact. I don't know. But we'll see. I mean, the only theories I've heard so far is that it's Sauron or a wizard. I don't really know what so else I think, it could be. I oh, think the, obviously your Balrog theory there would be. I a, think part of the, the Balrog theory was also, I think what maybe was a catalyst for that is there was a leak that there will be multiple Balrogs in the show. 
and obviously we know where one is, but we would have no idea where the other one is. Um, hmm. So okay, that was but... another. That was another. Like I think maybe. Well, that introduces a question of what? What do you think that Balrog is? Oh, on in the trailer. Yeah. I think that was probably. I th- my, I think if they were smart, then that would have been from like the intro, where they touch on Morgoth and the first age, because mm-hmm. if you actually have a Balrog in the show, and you spoiled that in the trailer, I feel like that's a bit silly. It would hit yeah. way better if if a Balrog just shows up in the show. Right, and I don't. There's not really any great reason to have Durin's Bane in the show. Obviously, it's a huge break from the lore, and there's... No, I mean, they awaken him. Well, right, but he destroys Khazad-dûm. Well, I think that's... I think that will be the... I think that will be, like, season five Khazad-dûm storyline. Okay, but but they're not showing a Balrog from season five into season one. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what makes me think that it's definitely... if yeah. like I wouldn't even like it in season five, but even if it were in season five, you wouldn't be seeing it now. So why? I'm curious. Well, because, why wouldn't you like it? Because it doesn't happen in the second age, it, and like Kaza Doom has to play a role in all of the second age, in my opinion. Uh, I think it'd be kind of nonsense for to shoehorn in something that happens thousands of years later, just because you want to show it. Like you could. What year does that really happen? Any... Let me look that up. It happens well into the third age, I think a thousand years into the third age or something. But yeah, I agree. I don't think it could be Durin's Bane because I don't see how he would fit into the storyline in season one. Yeah. No. I... Uh, okay, so they shut themselves up or they shut the doors of Khazadum when Sauron comes to Eregion. Yeah, that's right. Um, the demise is... Let's see. So it looks like it was, yeah, it is thousands of years into, uh, or it's unknown. Um, it says yeah, that, not uh, till like 2000 of the third age. So. Right. Exactly. Almost 2000. Yeah. So that would not the fit into age. the storyline. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's, to me, there's no reason to do that. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think it'll probably be a Balrog from the first age, and you know, who knows? The other option, of course, is that Galadriel's on this journey up in the north somewhere. You could well just have a Balrog in there, hiding yeah. somewhere in the mountains, and they encounter yeah. it. I mean, that's that definitely within the wars. Like, the Balrog's kind of scattered, so there definitely right. could be others right. lurking somewhere. Do you um, think uh, I've seen some theories that uh, the northern whatever castle or whatever they end up at in the north mm-hmm. is uh, Autumno from like it's, I think it's either Autumno or there. Yeah, I think it. I think it that makes the most sense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what else. Why we? Why it wouldn't be? Because they know it exists. Why wouldn't they go searching there if they're looking for evil? Yeah. Um, speaking of that shot, there was a lot of discussion over the visual effects shot of her ice climbing. 
and I didn't see a problem with it. And a lot of people were like, this looks terrible. Yeah, you know what's weird is that most of that shot is actually just real. It's real. Like, yeah, that was that's what was funny. Yeah. The only thing that's VFX is the background. So, again, yeah, I think I, it just goes to the kind of weird. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to say what the finished product's going to be. Some of the shots just look a little unreal. And like for like even the initial promo shot where they were forging the rings of, well, not forging the rings of power, but they had the wood and then yeah. they had the uh, molten metal washing in. And it was all real, but it didn't look real. It looked like it was animated. Yeah. So it's something well, yeah. with the... It's the way, I think it's, yeah, it's the... It maybe is some sort of after effects that they add. Yeah, that it's some kind like of like a... it's almost an oversaturation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of color. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how the show ends up looking. I, I, the thing that I, the thing that bothered me in the trailer, the most, I think, were the crowd shots, mm-hmm. because the crowd looked like it doesn't look like it didn't look like an actual crowd of people. It looks like extras. Yeah. Um, just because their outfits look clean or. And they are all yeah. very well lit. Um, yeah, that's where I felt like I noticed it the most. Yeah. Um, so, do you do you have any uh, questions about like the storylines that are going to be happening? It's kind of unclear to me what Elrond is going to be doing. Um, that seems like so, there's okay. not nearly as much leaked about it. I saw. Uh... I don't know if this was a leak or if it was just speculation. But the the theory that I saw was that you see the the meteor in the first episode and Gilgalad realizes that this is clearly like some sign of evil or whatever and he sends Elrond to go and try to like gather alliances so like he is sent to the dwarves maybe first who knows who who else where else he's sent galadriel may be sent to numenor although galadriel is also going to spend some time looking for sauron i don't know if that's on her own or whether that's something gilglad wanted yeah i think elrond's gonna have some character development i think they're going to portray him as kind of naive at the start and then yeah it seems like they're definitely leaning into the more yeah, the more young, inexperienced Elrond. Yeah. Um the oh, the spe- you saying that, yeah, just reminded me of the thing that bothered me from the Galadriel trailer was that like she shows up in Numenor and like announces herself as like the emissary of Gilgalad when it's like in like elven hierarchy, she is like clearly way more way above him in terms of like yeah, she would she... not be working for him um wait no he's the king he is but like she way predates him well, and she is predates much more him, but if he's the king he's the king i don't see a problem with that i don't know i feel like she would announce herself as like a direct son of uh not finway finar 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 fin I don't know, and not not like a huge deal, but it just um that was what I think initially like rubbed me the wrong way. Um, so you think in that st- in that 
idea. Do you think Elrond then eventually ends up at like the Harfoots? He like goes through Casa Doom and ends up with the Harfoots at the end. I don't expect that. I think I think Elrond is Elrond's story in the first season will probably be contained to the like Linden, Eregion, and Casadum, and I don't think he'll go west of or east of the Misty Mountains. I think he's going to be focused on those. Celebrimbor. I'm very curious to see what they do with Celebrimbor early on. I'm very, yeah, I'm very confused. I like the actor that they've picked, but I don't love their portrayal of him so far. He's not at all how I imagined, like, Celebrimbor would look. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's nothing like Shadow of Mordor. <laughs> I needed somewhere between what they have and Shadow of Mordor. <laughs> like, I don't want, like, an old... I don't want a guy that looks like he's never swung a hammer. But yeah. I don't need, like, buff Celebrimbor. Yeah. I I definitely, in my head, of course, picture Celebrimbor as kind of, like, young and, like, s- strong and Well, rash. he should look... He should look at of... least somewhat like Fionor, I think. Because that's, like, yeah. his... Who he's playing a, like character type of yeah he's playing like a type of a fianor type yeah and him looking like the dude that like you would see at like a diner isn't quite what i imagined i think that like a pub charles edwards performance could change every i mean yeah we have yet to see how he how he performs and i think he's gonna be i don't know from everything i've heard he's a great actor so I would expect it to be great. It's just definitely a little different than what I would have expected. Yeah, it seems I was surprised they went that route, but I think he is a good enough actor where you could like change your mind. Um, But you, I definitely thought they would go the more like young and slightly impulsive route, and that does seem does not seem like what they went with. So yeah, right. It's it's interesting the way they're like playing with elf ages. It doesn't. I don't even know if they make sense to me. Yeah, the the characters definitely. I think there's some explanations, like you know, Galadriel is obviously super old, but she's one of she's probably the only one who's seen the light of the trees of all the elves that you're going to see in the show. So you can kind of say, okay, well, she's seen the light of the trees. That's clear in Tolkien that that makes a huge difference in everything about the character. So yeah, she could seem a lot younger. But yeah, obviously, Celebrimbor, yeah, he looks a little too old. (laughs) Yeah, he may not have seen the trees, but (laughs) doesn't quite seem ageless. That Celebrimbor, he doesn't doesn't quite yeah, doesn't quite look like he didn't doesn't age. Looks like he's been looks like he was spent too much time around the forge. His skin's got a bit leathery. Uh, Maybe that's the issue. Yeah gotta it it'll um i think overall though i think definitely the, in terms of what i expected gil Gallad looks almost exactly like i expected like he is no, basically nailed yeah. on into what i would have had in my head i'm okay with the short hair i would prefer long hair but whatever it, i think within a few episodes if the show's good like the short hair won't matter at all nobody's even gonna think about it anymore yeah, I think it just gives them like a less, I don't know, like 
mythical look. Less, uh, yeah, that's that uh, true. Um, but I'm, I, I mean, it's not like a huge deal. I'm not gonna throw a hissy fit like Reddit was throwing over women, non-bearded dwarf women. <laughs> you know what the irony is that the showrunners have said now that they, the, they have the, hair, yeah, they have beards. <laughs> That that was like the worst controversy of all time. Uh, uh, yeah, that was painful. There have been some really bad ones about this show. Yeah, there's been some, like the whole freak out over Sauron looking like Eminem, and then it turns out yeah. that wasn't Sauron. <laughs> that wasn't Sauron. Um, and I don't think, I don't think that's even the actor that people were saying it was. Um, there's a lot of confusion over do, if we know who is playing Sauron. Or if we don't know who's playing Sauron, or what actors are in the show yeah. and not in the show, there's a lot of confusion. Yeah. There's definitely a lot. They've done a great job of hiding uh, what Sauron is gonna, what you know, which, which, which look like, yeah. actor is gonna play Sauron, what he could look like. I mean, everything about him has been hidden. So yeah. Uh, you, so when, this was the one question I had. Going like, I want you to make a like a prediction. Will there be a character in the show named Anatar, who is obviously Sauron in disguise? Not likely, I would say. The only way they're going to do that is if they've already kind of revealed him to be Sauron. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I, because... I my prediction is that there will not be. They yeah. won't name him Anatar simply so that the audience doesn't, the the book the book readers don't know who it's that right. obvious. I think no matter how they do it, most of the book readers are going to be able to tease out who Sauron is, just because. Well, when a guy when a guy shows up with his new ring forging technique, it's going to be pretty obvious. (laughs) Yes, that's uh, going to be tough to hide that. I'm not sure how you hide that one. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one more mystery-ish character, Halbrand. What is your opinion? who this Halbrand fella my my prediction is that Halbrand will eventually be the witch king um not really based on anything other than i feel quite certain that whoever ends up being the witch king they will want to have been a main character in the show they're not just going to want to turn some side character into the witch king because that's obviously an iconic character so they're going to want you to care about whoever that character is. And that's that's the only reason that I have that. Yeah. That could definitely be. I think they are going to I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if they if they introduced all 9 of the Nazgûl as humans. I think if they're smart, they will do that. I mean, I think it would be it would definitely be more interesting than if they just like, oh, it's like these four guys and then like Chad, Derek, Bill, they also got some rings. It'll just be like the four guys you know, and then there's like three dudes in the background like, too. He's like, wait, God, do you have do you have any cousins that would want a ring? So we're holding Nazgul auditions down at the uh, local arena. If anyone wants to join, yeah, it's. You know, just just try it on. You know, maybe maybe it'll fit. Try it out. We have a free return policy. Because then they also have to, 
They have a lot. If they if they really want to introduce those characters, they also have to like introduce seven dwarves as well. So they I think got the a lot seven dwarves are a little less important. Yeah. Because we don't well, even... I mean, they just disappear, so... <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's, yeah, to me, clearly uh, secondary. It'll be interesting to see how they how they handle the forging of the elven rings of power versus the other rings of power, you know? Yeah. Because those are forged separately. Yeah, I think... I, I'm I'm assuming my, my guess would be they will try to make Celebrimbor more redemptive by having him forge those as a, like a stopgap against once he realizes what happened. Um, but not we'll see. So, do you have a theory for Halbrand about who he is? Um, I mean, I could see him just being a Nazgul. Witch King, maybe. I mean, I guess I just feel like the Witch King needs to have some kind of, like, he needs to be a powerful character. Which maybe Halbrand will be, I suppose. Early on, I thought he could be Sauron. But I kind of doubt that now, just with what we've seen. He doesn't really seem important enough to be Sauron. Yeah, I wouldn't love that, because that means that Sauron is in Numenor right away, which is fine, but also kind of weird and less makes it would make it less dramatic if he, when he comes to Numenor as a prisoner. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think, yeah, I, I think he has to be a Nazgul most likely. And if you're going to do a Nazgul, you, the witch King would obviously needs to be someone important. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it'll be interesting um to see how they how they handle um sort of the introduction of characters in Numenor do they try to keep it smaller or do they just like introduce you to a ton of people right away um because mm -hmm. it you want it to feel like a big political society but you also don't want to just like overwhelm everybody with characters just for one storyline yeah. But if you just introduce them to a couple characters, it might feel small. Yeah, that's true. I could see them keeping it kind of small for the first season, at least. Because they have so much elsewhere to address. But we'll uh, As far as the aesthetics of the show, how, how do you feel about the Numenorean armor? I don't really have a problem with it. I've seen people that don't like it. I... I'm kind of ambivalent. I think it makes sense when, like, scales kind of make sense given that they're a sh like very mer maritime focused. Definitely is yeah. like isn't what I would have expected, but I do think it makes sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm always a sucker for like medieval accuracy over like fantastical, cool looking outfits. So if they were just dressed in chainmail. I would yeah. have been happy. I, but that's just never going to happen in a fantasy show. So I don't I love the that. Rising Sun helmet. I'm not a yeah. huge fan of that, but... Um, so, okay, let's get to some... Did you have any... Or before we get to predictions, did you have any other like questions that you had before, about the show? Mm. That you thought were Oh, uh, 
Okay. What do you think they're going? The one 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 more question. What what do you think they're going to show of the first stage? What are we are we getting like like a Lord of the Rings esque prologue? Are we getting? It sounds like they don't like flashbacks, but maybe they're maybe they're lying. So uh, okay, I yeah. There's actually I just remembered I had a question that I wanted to ask on to, that piggybacks on this. I think it will be short, probably five minutes, and a very brief summary of who Morgoth was. He did, clearly we're getting the two trees, him destroying the trees, coming to Middle Earth, and then the they will probably. My guess would be that they hand wave a lot of the details of the first age and go to the Morgoth corrupted some of the men. He raised up this orc armory and then was defeated eventually. I think they probably skip a lot of the more detailed about like, I don't even know if we will get like the Silmarils. But so that means we don't get Feanor. Which then also means we probably don't understand Celebrimbor's. I actually take that back because I think you do have to do the Silmarils now that I think about it. I think that plays a very important part in Celebrimbor's. To talk about Numenor, you have to talk about the Silmarils. So I think they do have to do that. Um, But I think it will be pretty short. You also definitely have some part where you have Finrod Felagund. I don't know if that's just flashback reference from Galadriel talking about him dying in battle or something. Well, of course he didn't die in battle, but you know, question: Do you think we will get the be- war, the Battle of Songs between Sauron and <laughs> Songs of Power? Ah, uh, that classic <laughs> that battle old Tolkien classic. That'll suck people in. Yes. Talk you about know, an, talk about an unadaptable <laughs> sequence. Uh, second only to the creation of Arda from the songs of the Ainur. Plays plays better but, on the page. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> only a little. I do wonder, given the shot of Finrod dead with like claw marks on his arm. I, I think kind they of wonder will, if you're going to yeah. see some werewolf action there. I think, I think they will make it specific that Sauron killed him. Um, and maybe they, they do talk about his death. Maybe they talk about him being a shapeshifter who did. Maybe they show him being a shapeshifter who kills him as a werewolf. Because I think that I would think, make sense. Then that sets yeah. up right away that Sauron can like change forms. Right. Um, yeah. But I think it will be fairly light on detail. Other than as it pertains to specific elements of the story. Yeah, I think there's certain things they have to go into, certain things they don't. Like, they're going to spend very little time on Morgoth, I think. He's just going to be shadowy Dark Lord who did some bad stuff. Yeah. You, they will only have him so that they can establish that Sauron is a servant of his and that there is like a cult of Morgoth. Because it seems pretty clear that they're going to have like a cult of Morgoth as part of Sauron's followers. Yes. Um, but I, I think it will be... Initially, I was like, when I, when they first announced the show, I really had hopes of like a two-episode first-stage summary. Um, but I think it's, it's going to be much shorter. That's just so difficult to start your show like that. Yeah. 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 And I actually don't think that would have been a good idea, because I don't think... 
you can do like a half measure two hour there's, summary of there's the first no stage. two hours doesn't you it's, can't it doesn't it's not enough time to do it well right you can't really even have a coherent two episodes first stage thing it, it just yeah. would be one thing than the other it wouldn't work do you there's think a, course, um, do you think they uh, will show the kinslaying i've seen some speculation that that's what the shot in the in the trailer with the elves floating mm -hmm. that that's what that is it could definitely be um i i think it's less i don't think they really have too many reasons to go into that and here's the thing i mean i don't know if the kinslaying is in the appendices i very much doubt it is so that would well, I don't think that I don't think the two trees are in the appendices. Uh, actually, they are. Um, there are a lot of things that aren't in the appendices that they will show, I think. But it sounds like they had to get specific permission from the Tolkien estate whenever they wanted to do that. And my thought would be, the Tolkien estate would probably only give them permission to do that if it was like necessary to tell Tolkien's story. Yeah, and I don't know if the kinsling really is, although you could make an argument. So that shot had to be, in my opinion, that shot had to be War of Wrath or Kinsling. I don't see any other first season reason to show something like that. Yeah, to me, I, to, yeah, to me, that's either the, yeah, I agree. It's either the Kinsling or, yeah, the War of Wrath slash Drowning of Beleriand, which I would be curious to see if they go into that, because that could just be confusing about, like, Beleriand being drowned in the sea. Although yeah. that does kind of set up the Drowning of Numenor, so maybe they do talk about it. Yeah. Um, so, oh, so the thing I had as like a piggyback question is how, how much detail do you think they will go into about the Valar and how much of a presence will the Valar be in the show? Cause the Valar have to all. be, they have to I be something because they're the whole climax of the Numenor storyline. Mm, not exactly them more so valinor yeah so i think valinor itself is i think the valor will of course be mentioned but more just as like the gods you know like you know uh, kind of vague there's not gonna be any specific valar i would be shocked if that happened yeah i agree I don't maybe think pleasantly shocked but I don't think there's specific Valar. I don't think they're going to get too in the weeds with the Valar. However, they kind of have to introduce Eru, don't they? Well, yeah, I think... Right? Let me put it this way. I They do, but I think they can just introduce him as like the creator of everything at the beginning. I don't think we're going to get... Let's say, let me just say, if it's at season four or whatever, I do not think we are going to get a shot of the Valar crying out to Eru to save them from Arpharazan's army. No. I think it will just be more, they show up and, are just, are, and then the world starts breaking apart. I don't think we are going to get the Valar shown uh, crying out yeah. to Eru for help. But you need a very clear understanding that this is it. Eru who's doing this because you can't just have it mysteriously the world is breaking apart because I think that just doesn't play well 
you need it clear that somebody's doing it. And of course, for that to make sense, arrow has to be mentioned. Yeah, I think it will uh, be. I think it will definitely be mentioned, and it will be like a. It, it'll be a like enforced and and big point that traveling to Valnor is forbidden. By, yeah. by God, um, and that will establish why things start falling apart when they actually land there. Um, it will be. I I am curious to see how they depict that because the drowning of the entire island nation is like pretty dark. So how they actually show that happening will be pretty interesting. That'll be very interesting. I don't, I don't think we are going to get like repeated human sacrifice on the show. I will say that. I think they will maybe lighten that up a little bit. Maybe. It does seem like they want to take like a positive spin on yeah. everything. There was a lot of speculation very early on that this would be like Game of Thrones Tolkien, but uh, very much not so. That's I mean that's the one thing I have been encouraged about is that like the I mean I like Game of Thrones, but I like I I like Tolkien's fantasy better than Germs. Um and I think the showrunners seem to understand the importance and difference in like themes and tone between Tolkien and Martin. Even though Tolkien is Tolkien is a lot darker than people give him credit for, um, but his the way he does it is different. Um, yeah, definitely. Because like, to me, I think. Uh, this is just coming up because House of the Dragon was just premiered, but to me, like the Martin's over the top, or maybe and maybe it's more the adaption of it. Maybe it's more the TV adaption than his actual book. But his like di- um, reversal of tropes of having like, oh, here's something chivalrous, but we're gonna make it gratuitous is like done so much that it's almost a trope in and of itself now it's like we have a tournament that's normally fancy but we're gonna make it gratuitous it's like it's been done so much that it is in of itself almost like a trope of his writing now um that's kind of how any kind of thing becomes like uh like uh superhero movies you know at first it was like oh we're gonna do something different we're gonna make this super dark and like you know, super heavy, actually. It's not just some light superhero story. Well, and then that quickly became a trope. And then Marvel went the other way and said, we're going to make it actually like really snarky and funny and it's not that serious. And now that's a trope. So it's kind of like whenever you lean into something, it becomes a trope very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. It's just characteristic of different storytelling, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. I, I like them both. It's just I, I I like going back to Tolkien stuff more. I think. Um, yeah, I, it's hard for me to say because Game of Thrones left such a bad taste in my mouth that I never wanted to go back to that stuff again. Really, it's gotten yeah. worse with time. Versus, like, there's yeah. nothing with Tolkien that's really ever put a bad taste in my mouth. So, well, definitely... because he actually finished his books, 
so you know what happened is yes. part of is part of that because the hobbit movies left a bad taste in my mouth but i can just pretend they don't exist uh um, that's true actually weirdly like the hobbit i don't movies need, are... they're not the definitive take on the ending of the hobbit I'm, I'm starting take. to erase them from my mind really when i think Tolkien, Lord of the Rings. I just think the movies and the books. All these, all these Peter Jackson worshippers online have certainly erased them from his their mind. Um, oh, but Peter had he just had so much going on, and the studio was, was so being busy. so nasty to him. It's not his fault, and they're it's good his... anyway. Like they're good, but it's also not his fault that they're bad. You know, it's 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 eerily similar to the George Lucas prequels, eerily. Uh, it's like let yeah. me just you know what let's just do everything cgi uh um all right so do you have any any predictions for season one that we haven't so far just covered hmm. somebody's gonna die i suppose that would be one prediction somebody so, major what, what do you mean die. when you say that like a main character, one, or what do you mean? One of their main characters is going to die by the end of the season. And obviously, it's not going to be one of the characters we know doesn't die. A twist. <laughs> twist. Galadriel's, Galadriel's dead. <laughs> for rewriting. Uh, uh, so, okay, um, so tell me who you think it's going to be. Front runner would be the elf, Arondir. Or is that his name? The Sylvan Elf? Yeah, anybody, anybody in that storyline is definitely a front runner. Their I fodder. Think. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Anybody that's in that Southlands is yeah. a strong candidate. Put it this way. Him or his human girlfriend is one of those two is toast. Yeah. In first season. Definitely. I think that's that's a fairly strong prediction. But that's really all I'd have. I don't know. Nothing. I don't think their story is gonna be anything crazy in the first season no i don't think it's like gonna be like i don't think they're gonna be going for a game of thrones like shock you with something um yeah my prediction would just be i think my the things i feel most confident in is that mount doom will erupt in season one and that adar i i don't think he realizes that he's like basically doing the bidding of sauron is only is my one thought but maybe i'm wrong um yeah. all right is I that it think, yeah i don't think i have any any other like notes or anything that's pretty much super excited there's a they do have a on august 31st they do have a xd cinemark screening of the series for free up here. Oh, do I was like, do you're I cheat? Gonna, you're gonna cheat on your own party. <laughs> do I cheat on my own watch party? I don't know. It's uh, bad karma. That is, yeah. But all right, well, we'll we can right. end on that note. And thanks, if you are listening, thanks for being one of our first listeners and checking us out. And we will try to be back every uh where we'll be recording on mondays uh, after every episode so talk to you later